Father, we thank you. We come tonight, and as we read this psalm, uh, we are, um, Lord, we're reminded of the things that you desire for us to do, to keep us close to you, to have a heart for you, Lord. And Father, I do pray that this Thanksgiving, I know that there are some that perhaps are um, feeling uh, the difficulties of their lives to a great degree, uh, maybe loss or need. And so, Lord, I just pray for your comfort. And I pray that once again, that we would be reminded that, that as believers, we have so much to be thankful for because we have a relationship with you, Father, through Jesus Christ that we have the hope of eternal life and that we are a forgiven people and that your promises are true for us. So, Lord, I do pray that this time here, these few minutes, would remind us of the incredible grace and love that we've received from you, that we would all have hearts of gratitude and thankfulness towards you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I want to spend a few minutes in Psalm 105. Before I do that, there's some interesting facts that I want to read to you about Thanksgiving. That the first Thanksgiving was celebrated in 1621 over a three-day harvest festival. It included 50 pilgrims, uh, 90 uh, Wampanoag Indians, if I'm saying that right, and lasted three days. It is believed by historians that only five women were present at that time. Turkey was not on the menu at the first Thanksgiving. Uh, there was duck, goose, oyster, lobster, doesn't sound bad, eel, and fish were likely served alongside pumpkins and cranberries, but not pumpkin pie or cran cranberry sauce. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday on October 3, 1863. Sarah uh, Jofa Hale, the woman who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb, convinced Lincoln to make Thanksgiving a national holiday after writing letters for 17 years. Isn't that interesting? The history of the U.S. president's pardoning turkeys is patchy. Harry Truman is often credited with being the first president to pardon a turkey, but that's not quite true. He was first to receive a ceremonial turkey from the National Turkey Federation, and then he ate it for dinner. <laughs> John F. Kennedy was the first to let a turkey, uh, Thanksgiving turkey go, followed by Richard Nixon, who sent his turkey to a petting zoo. George H.W. Bush is the first president who formalized the turkey pardoning tradition in 1989. Uh, the average number of calories consumed on Thanksgiving is 4,500 calories, and it takes the average male 10 and a half hours to burn that off of exercise. <laughs> So guys, get exercising tomorrow, or after you eat. Butterball answers more than 100,000 turkey cooking questions via their Butterball Turkey Hotline each November and December. The tradition on football on Thanksgiving began in 1876 with a game between Yale and Princeton. The first NFL games were played on Thanksgiving in 1920. And more than 54 million Americans are expected to travel during the Thanksgiving holiday this year, which a lot of them are having a hard time because of the storms that have come through, and we sure heard about it. 46 million turkeys will be consumed for Thanksgiving. 88% of Americans will have turkey for Thanksgiving. 79 will have mashed potatoes, 79%. So 62%, this is what surprised me, only 62% eat pumpkin pie. 
So um, we'll have some pumpkin pie and hopefully get that percentage up here tonight. So the psalmist writes in Psalm 105, and it's a psalm that, that you know, we've gone over and perhaps you have read and going through your devotions. But the psalmist is writing about the history of Israel uh, in this psalm and how the Lord worked in such an incredible way uh, in being faithful and bringing them out of the wilderness and, and uh, all the things they went through and how he provided for them. And, and we read this and the psalmist starts by saying, Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name and make known his deeds among the peoples and sing to him, sing psalms to him and talk of all his wondrous works and glory in his holy name. And let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord and seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face evermore. So he begins this psalm by saying, Give thanks to the Lord. And we think of giving thanks to the Lord at Thanksgiving because that's what we do. Maybe you have tradition in your family that you um, talk about what you're thankful for or express it. We talk about Thanksgiving during this time of not only Thanksgiving, but uh, as we are now going to enter into the Christmas season, uh, we talk about joy and peace and goodwill towards men. But I believe that as we look at the scriptures that there is something very, very important for us as Christians to know and to have worked out in our lives, and that is to be thankful. I think that's such a key in our lives, not just for Thanksgiving, but all year long. And there are seasons in our lives where we go through difficulties, where we go through loss, where we go through a hard time, or we're wondering, Lord, what is it that I'm to do? Maybe you're facing challenges uh, this holiday season because the holidays can be very difficult for people. And you're wondering, what do I do? And uh, how do I react? Well, I think that there's some things here, some principles here that are important for us as Christians that we're to do not only during the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas season, but during all seasons of our lives. And that is that we are to be thankful. And we see from you know the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture that there is that expression of believers and those who worship the Lord of thanksgiving. And we may not be thankful for everything, but even as Paul would write to the church at Thessalonica, be thankful in all things. And we can be thankful because we have the Lord. And even though we go through the pain and we go through the wondering and the questioning, and one of the things that we're going to see on Sunday is Paul, that he's going to write, that I know whom I have believed. And I think that's something that's very important for us to take note of because he didn't say, I know what I have believed. Paul was the greatest theologian that ever existed. Yeah, I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament. He doesn't say, I know what I have believed. Paul didn't always understand when or how, but he knew who he believed and who he can trust in. And because of that, even in the difficulties, as Paul is in his second imprisonment, and even when he was in other circumstances that we read about, he was one that was thankful to the Lord. You know, he writes the book of Philippians when he was chained to a Roman guard. And the whole theme of Philippians is joy and worshiping, praising the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord. And he would say in that epistle that, you know, be anxious for nothing. And perhaps this holiday season, Thanksgiving or Christmas, or as we get ready to enter into a new year, that you might be a bit anxious. And, and Paul writes as he's waiting to hear what's going to happen to his fate. 
He begins that epistle by saying that I don't know what's going to happen if I'm going to be released or I'm going to go home to be with the Lord. But he does say this, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So when we begin to feel anxious, when we begin to feel the pressure that he says, give your supplication, your request to the Lord, but you do it with thanksgiving. And why can we do it with thanksgiving? Because we know that his promises are true for us. And if there's one thing that I hope that we always remember every day, that the Lord loves you. He proved that by going to the cross and dying for you, but he didn't go to the cross and die for you, and that's it. I mean, if that was enough, that would be plenty of tremendous blessing because we have eternal life. But he desires to work in your life. He hasn't forgotten about you. He loves you, and he wants to work in your life, and his promises are true for you, and we can be thankful that, Lord, that, that you are going to complete that, which is, you know, you're working in my life, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. You will perfect that, which concerns me, as the psalmist writes, and we can trust in his word and know that he's working in our lives. Listen, he hasn't abandoned you. And you might be here, and you might be thinking, Lord, do you see me? Do you hear me? And we can go to him knowing that we have the spirit of adoption, that we can cry out, Abba, Father, and know that, that he hears us and he loves us. And so here he says, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name and go to him. That's what we're to do. And then make known his deeds among the peoples. And one of the things that we need to always do is to remember what he has done for us. You know, on Sunday, we're going to take communion. We do that on the first Sunday of the month usually here, and, and we do that because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, to remember that uh, the, his body that was broken uh, and his blood shed for the forgiveness of sin and this new covenant that we have entered into with him, a covenant of love and sacrifice as Jesus went to the cross and he went through the sufferings and died for our sins, and we want to remember that. And every day we need to remember how he has set us free. He's taken us out of the darkness into his marvelous light, that we belong to him. You see, in the book of Judges, it's interesting that that generation after Joshua, at the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua says, choose this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it was that generation, when you go to the book of Judges, that you see that they forgot the works of the Lord and, and, and they remembered not how the Lord you know, was faithful in giving them the land. So they forgot about the Lord and the works of the Lord and the faithfulness of the Lord. And you see, those monuments were to be set up with those stones so they would remember how he brought them into the promised land. Listen, he's brought you eternal life. Remember how he has saved you and forgiven you and given you a new heart. And how he's growing you and working in your life. So we want to remember his marvelous deeds. And he says, make it known among the peoples. You know, share with people what the Lord means to you. How he's blessed you. How he, you know, has worked in your life. And that's what the psalmist is saying. And glory in his holy name. And let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So we are to give thanks to him. Make known his deeds. Sing psalms to him. I hope that we're people that worship, have a worshipful heart, and, and we desire to just sing psalms to him, and, and that we would glory in his name, and that we would seek the Lord as we rejoice in him.
Paul writes in Philippians, you know, rejoice in the Lord always, I say again, rejoice. You know what I do a lot of times? I end up murmuring, and I end up kind of grumbling, and especially when it's been a challenging week or something, rather than rejoicing in him. And as I rejoice in him, then I'm going to seek him. And that's what he desires for us to do, and seek the Lord in the strength and seek his face evermore. He desires for us to seek him. And then as we do, he's going to strengthen us. Seek him. And so my prayer and hope for this Thanksgiving season and for this Christmas season and as we go into a new year is that we would be thankful to the Lord, that we would call upon the Lord, we would seek the Lord, that we would talk of the Lord, his wondrous works in our lives, and that as we do that knowing that uh, he is going to strengthen our hearts in, in every way and that we would rejoice in him and great things that he has done in our lives, his provision, his salvation for us, but also that we would just just praise him for what he's going to do. I really believe that he wants to do wonderful things in our lives. Doesn't mean it's all going to be, you know, rosy and cheery and everything's going to go well, but we are going to see his faithfulness and we will continue to see it and know that he will bring it to completion and what he's doing and growing us and maturing us. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for what you have done and what you're going to do um, as we enter into the holiday season, the Christmas season, and into a new year. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that the psalmist reminds us of these, these precepts that, as believers that we are to do. And, Lord, may we always have a heart of thankfulness and gratitude and rejoicing in you. Whatever it is that we're facing, because you're with us and you promise you'll never leave us or forsake us. And that your word is true for us, Lord. We are a blessed people. And Lord, I am so thankful. I'm thankful for the body of Christ here, for the family of God. And Lord, I know that there are many that perhaps because of the storm, they they got behind and trying to catch up and have family coming in late, or uh, perhaps they traveled late, whatever the case may be. That, Lord, that tomorrow when we sit down with friends and family, that we would truly have a heart of thankfulness and gratitude. Lord, we are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. And even though we go through loss and difficulties and challenges and we have needs, Lord, we know that you love us and you're with us. And you'll, Lord, be faithful and true to your word to us. I thank you, Lord, for what you want to do in our lives because we know that you want the very best. And you're not going to withhold anything that is good for us. And we can trust you in that as we keep an eternal perspective. As you desire to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. And even through the, the, the refining in the molding and the shaping. Lord, that you are going to see us through. And Father, I pray that as we do gather with friends and family, that we would be a light and a blessing. That this Christmas season, we would look to those that we can minister the love of Jesus Christ to and giving them a message of the coming of Jesus to a lost world. That in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord was born that we may give that message 
to those around us of truly what Christmas is about because we're losing it more and more in our culture, even in the church. That your son came to this little planet to save mankind in a little place, Bethlehem, and was born in a manger. And what an incredible story that is. So, Lord, I pray that we would share that with others and why he came. Even as Joseph was told in Matthew, that you shall name him Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Father, I pray that as we, Lord, just um, have pie together, that you bless the fellowship that we have. Thank you for all who are here and then take us home safely and Lord, I pray that you bless our conversation and our fellowship. Thank you that we can take the time to do this. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, would you stand?